Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 125, Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Keisha. GetKeisha.com. The only umbrella you'll never forget. It is 100% waterproof, 100% corrosion proof, and built with a perfect opening and closing mechanism. Go to GetKeisha.com to get your classic foldable black umbrella. Shout out to Keisha and shout out to the Umbrella Corp? Question mark. After the break, we'll be diving hey. back into the Resident Evil world with, once again, I'm not going to save it as a surprise this time, with again, once again, Cara Gayla Regan joining us to talk about this movie that is coming She's up. She's like our resident, our resident Resident Evil historian. Or just our, I was going to, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil expert, but like, evil expert? It doesn't play, like, it, it makes sense, but like, it, yeah, our resident I like resident, resident, resident Evil, evil historian. I, we need a realtor to be our residence, resident, residence, evil Ooh, I don't know. Old, you you deem them evil. I don't know, but anyway, Joe. Extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last recorded? What happened since we last recorded? We recorded Sunday. It was Labor Day. Did you do anything on Labor Day? Rachel and I just made burgers. We chilled. Um, we didn't go to any boat conventions or anything like that. I didn't realize that was in Austin. So shout out Austin. There's a bunch of them. But well, I know, but the yeah. one the one where the boat sank was in Austin. Yeah, yeah. No, we yeah. So we we stayed in. We made some burgers. What did we watch? I don't know, TV, Lifetime movies, normal stuff. And tonight, Rachel's making a really interesting meal. I think I mentioned it before. But when we were in, when we were in Italy last time, one of the favorite things I ate there were pear and pecorino raviolis. Ooh, okay. okay. And so I was craving them. Got some pears in like the Misfits box that we normally get. And I was like, how about we save these pears and make some pear and pecorino ravioli so she's making pasta dough she made the filling of it i tasted it it's excellent that's what we're gonna have for dinner after we do all the recordings tonight very cool anything else of note any tv or anything did you finish did you watch not that we can spoil it now because we haven't talked about retribution yet but did you guys watch the final chapter no we haven't watched the final chapter yet because we blew through so many resident evil so quick oh you know what we did watch we watched two cool documentaries we watched one that i mentioned to you because resident historian mike mancy yes mm-hmm. <laughs> I asked him, we watched um, Adventure Park, Action Park. Class, yeah, no, class, class Action, action Park. Park is the doc. Yes. Rachel's yelling from one side, you're yelling from the other. So Class Action Park. Yes. And it was about this theme park, like amusement park that was in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it was like dangerous. Like multiple people died there. Yeah. And um, I feel like just saying it's dangerous <laughs> is underselling it. But yes. That's what, yeah. That's why I had to finish up with like multiple people. Like at least two people died in their wave pool. And if this sounds familiar, Johnny Knoxville put out like an action park or something or awesome park. Yes. Some, some fictionalized movie based on this like a year or two ago. So um, this is like the documentary about like the guy and what happened. And I and I know your group of friends that are friends that of the network. Like some of you grew up in New Jersey. So we asked, I asked resident historian Mike Manzi, like, did you ever go to Action Park? And he was like, yes, and I survived. But wow, he's, okay. he's like, I went once for one day and I survived. And he was like, you know, he like didn't have any crazy stories about it. He was like, he was the youngest. He went with his brother. It was still pretty terrifying, right? And like, Watch the movie. It was fun. I know you didn't go. That's why I didn't ask you specifically, right? Like, there's no way you'd have went to this. No, because I think I was too young. I actually never yeah. had heard of it. Like, I don't know when it... Oh, yeah, really? No, like, I mean, 
until, like, I had heard sort of tales of it, but, like, it wasn't like when Johnny Knoxville's thing came out, I was like, oh, finally. It was just kind of like a, oh, I kind of knew about that, but... It closed in 96, so that makes, that's another thing that I thought. I was like, okay, I know Resident Story Mike Manzi's a little bit older, so I was like, he's, like, more of the age demo, and he even went when he said he was, like, really young, like, at, like, 12 or something. Yeah, because that's the thing, so like, Mike, still, is, like, like we, we joke about it, but Mike is, like, eight or nine years older than me. Like, he's, like, he's got a lot yeah. of, like, New Jersey experience that I just didn't have yeah it just like wasn't around like cultural stuff that's like gone or like you know whatever so yes so he, he did say he went and if he went at 12 you know that's what how much of an age gap for you right you were probably like three when yeah i would have been maybe two two three yeah so yeah mm-hmm. definitely not a park for children yeah so we watched that and the other actually now that i was like thinking about it i remembered i watched another documentary called feels good man about the creator of Pepe the Frog. Oh, those guys were on Mark Maron's podcast this week. Oh, really? Arthur Jones and one other guy. I think Matt Fury, maybe. I think. I think Matt Fury is yeah. the guy. So the, the documentary is about Matt Fury and how he created this you know, comic book called Boys Club and like what it was about. And he's like the most timid, wholesome guy, right? Did you listen to the podcast? I started it and then I realized that I had absolutely no context and not only no context, no interest in learning about it. And I stopped. I listened like a little bit, but yeah, they're both like, I think it was Matt Fury and I want to say the director of the doc, I think we're both on, okay. we're on together. It, it like takes you on like a little bit of emotional roller coaster, right? Because you like start out with like the, oh, the, he's like this nice cartoon creator. And then like, you know, the alt-right gets this meme and like makes it their flag and you're like oh fuck comes back around it's worth the watch and the guy's really cool he seems like just an awesome dude and i'm like super happy with everything that he's doing so cool yeah go support matt fury if you can so i know the class action park is on hbo max is that free streaming somewhere or is this somewhere else this was on amazon okay yeah it's on amazon cool the big news for me is that last night, resident history he's getting a lot of airplay good thing he doesn't listen to the show he would get an inflated (laughs) ego but uh (laughs) Resident historian Mike Manzi and I finished Hanks of the Memories. We have one more episode. We have to do the actual Woody's award show, but last night we recorded the final four episodes, like our rankings and our clip show four. and a couple other bonus things. Oh, okay. Not yet, yeah, not movies, that, but just short things. Like the yeah. four in total were about the length of like one of our episodes. So that makes sense. it yeah. sounds like a lot, but it wasn't actually a crazy amount. But now we are done with Hanks, which I am very... Well, congratulations, relieved. brother. Thank you so much. But that, I would pop a bottle of champagne for you. I would. But I'm also like looking at the calendar. I'm like, okay, cool. I got three podcasts to record with Nico in the next three weeks. I got one with Kyle, one with Brian. So like not really lightening the schedule. It's just shifting another direction so it's cool to mix it around and it's cool to stay focused i kind of like doing a little bit of both like i was watching this lifetime movie and i was thinking like man i should tell brian about this lifetime movie here because we watched a fun one the other night so yeah that's the thing like you know i'm recording like this today as this episode comes out on netflix there is the babysitter 2 it's called the babysitter killer queen and brian and i talked about the babysitter like a month ago but since we recorded that episode netflix was like hey a sequel's coming out the entire cast is back and he and i were talking today we're like we're both a little nervous because, like, they have given no publicity to this. And the fact that they're just, like, two or three weeks before it comes out, they're like, hey, it's yeah. happening. We're like, ooh, like, it might not. But, like, we're going to be optimistic because he has said vocally, like, the same thing we've said. There's no – he just wants to be positive about things. We both love the first movie. Yeah. So we'll see. But that's a movie that I'm going to watch anyway. And I'm like, Brian, let's just talk about it for your show because we just did the other one. So it's not like it's really extra work. I'm just watching a movie I was already going to watch – and I'm talking about with Brian for an hour. So, like, it's not a huge deal, but, yeah, it's uh, still a lot of podcasts that aren't, you know, I get it. whatever. But, yeah. 
I get it. The Yankees are still terrible, so I'm watching a lot of that. We're excited. Football starts this weekend. It does. First game to kickoff was last night. The Texans and the Chiefs. What a game, right? What a game. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell? Do you hear the Odo Beckham Jr. story? Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to say the details here. It is. <laughs> if you want to look it up, uh, yeah. Go I'm look sure it up. Wells did. That's why I just wanted to like wink and laugh at him. Yes. With him. At him. Uh, yes. But fantasy baseball this weekend is the end of the regular season. So as of after six weeks of seven, I'm in second place. So as long as I hold nice. on over two other teams, I'm in the finals. So we will know next Good episode. Luck, well, maybe not next episode. I don't know. Sometime next week, we'll know for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm nervous. It's Good. tense, but things are going well. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else, something really else to report on yet. So, no. Yeah. We're doing good. Joe, we have a Patreon page here on the show, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, mm. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, and Dan the Duke Hayden for supporting us at the $5 level Thank or you above. Guys. So to everybody at the $10 level or above, I have about half of your picks for next year. We still have a few months, but I'm thinking, you know, as I keep readjusting this lap schedule, I'm looking at what we're doing next lap, and we have about half the people have sent their things in, and half the people have not. So you still have plenty of time, but I want to just put an announcement out there in the world. If you support at the $10 a month or above, you get one pick per lap, and the pinned post, I believe, on the Patreon page is the lap themes for 8, 9, 10. So if you want to go yeah. there, pick one for each lap, send them to me either via email, family at cageclub.me, Facebook Messenger, Joe can get it to me, or if you just want to send it on Patreon. Yeah, true. That works too. So we're so easy to contact. Trust me. Too easy. Some say too, too easy. easy. Speaking of email address, family at cageclub.me. Joe, we've got two emails. They're both follow-ups to other recent emails we've read. Are, are they follow-ups to different different fans? Or are they follow-ups? No, to they're us from the, the same previous? person. Okay, go ahead. Well, Continue. they're from different people, but they're from the person following up on a previous email they sent. Okay. Okay, cool. First from Justin Kleinman, subject line, ice in soda. Okay. It says, good thing I had those notes on that paper. I forgot about one. It says, I have no idea what you were talking about that caused me to write ice in soda. However, I guess my point of the note was to say that I never get ice in my sodas, or he says, or pops, as we say here in the Midwest. Pop. I, I'm a big pop guy. I had a switch when I moved to Connecticut, but it was always pop. I got you know, harassed about it for a while. So I'm with you, Justin. <laughs> when I was an apprentice, the shop I worked for did refrigeration work as well. Most of the ice machine work gets thrown to the apprentices. One day I had mm. a call for a Subway restaurant with no ice. I got there and started, oh, I'm, this is going to be gross. I have, I have a feeling. I got there uh... and started taking the machine apart. When I got it open, I discovered the whole inside was covered in mold. A yep. co-worker told me it was because of all the yeast in the air. Maybe. I never looked it up. All I know is I've cleaned enough ice machines to know that they only get cleaned when they stop working, so I avoid yep. them as best I can. I 100% agree with you. Ice machines really freak me out because we have like ice machines in the lab. Cold rooms in the lab freak me out. Those don't even have food in them and they get like weird molds and stuff like that. So I understand. I'll still get ice because... I'm going to die anyways, but yes, I, I never want to look inside an ice machine. And I've also stopped going to one Wendy's because I suspect that their ice machine is just wrecked. Ooh, okay. Like I got like close to the machine and I was like, I'm not getting soda from this place, Rachel. And then we stopped going to that Wendy's. I was just like, I don't trust it. Like I don't confirm it, but I just got a weird inkling. So I'm with you. The second email we have is from Emma Franklin. Subject line, a warm day in Arizona. Her last one was a cool day. So this is a warm day. <laughs> is it like 175 there? She says, I have air conditioning now, which is good because it's currently good, 113 outside. It's also Jesus. 10 a.m. <laughs> 
So I'm still melting, just not in my house. I'm just happy that my week without air conditioning happened during a week with temps below 110. I have no other updates. Just thought you would like to know that I did not completely melt. Well, thank you, Emma. I'm glad you didn't melt. I'm so glad you didn't melt. That's horrifying to be in like 113. The thing I always think about is like, you have to start considering shit that like I don't consider. Like, like Rachel leaves like a chapstick in the car. If it's 113 in Arizona, you can't leave chapstick in the car. No. You have to start, like, considering, like, oh, is my trunk empty? Because, like, anything in there could, like, combust. I usually, I haven't lately because I haven't been buying water bottles, but I used to just keep, a, like, a 24-pack of water bottles in my trunk. But then I would forget yeah. in the winter, and they would just be, like, a block of ice. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to bring a block of ice into my house, so I guess it's just going to be a block of ice in my trunk for the entire winter. Basically thaw in March, and they would be all soggy and weird. I'm like, well, time to throw it out, I guess. You know, so it's <laughs> it goes both ways, in a way. Right. Rachel was, like, big on drinking cans as mixers. I bought, like, a couple, like, 12 packs of, like, Diet Coke or something. And I left them in the trunk. And it was, like, one of those, like, you know, New England-y, like, it's, like, March. So it's, like, oh, like, one day is, like, normal. And then the next day is, like, you know, negative five or whatever. Yep. And, like, it exploded in the trunk. And I was, like, oh, fuck. But what I did is I just, like, drove straight to the car wash. And I was, like, Rachel, we need to go to the car wash, like, right now. You want to go swimming right now? Go swimming right now. I started, like, vacuuming it because it was still like ice right it was still like crystals yep. and it actually came out really nice it like never got a chance to to thaw so good. yeah i was glad my reaction time was good enough to get there and clean it all out before it thawed and just made a puddle of blasted coca-cola everywhere yeah that would be gross well thank you both to justin and to emma for writing in thank family you. at cageclub.me if you want to let us know about anything fast and furious related or not family at yes. cageclub.me Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news. Is there anything you have seen since we last recorded? Jason sent us a picture of Justin Lin going in to, like, work on the finishing touches of Fast 9 today. Cool. Very cool. That? It was, like, him and his mask with his buddies or, like, I guess, you know, probably part of the team. Justin Lin goes in to, like, wrap up the touches on Fast 9. He's, like, standing under the poster pointing at it. It was really cool. It's on our Facebook page. I want to say that reminded me. So did you see that thing from, like, a week or two ago, Tom Cruise going back to the movies? What? No. What is this? So he did this, like, it was like a 45-second thing. Big movie. Big screen. Loved it. And it's just him, like, driving by, like, a crowd. And, like, he's got a mask on. And, like, people are like, oh, my God, it's Tom Cruise. And he's like, how do I know? It's a mask. Like, it's all, like, very... Like, I love Tom Cruise. He's also, like, incredibly dorky sometimes. But it's this whole thing about how, like, he went back (laughs) to a theater and saw Tenet in theaters and, like, big movie, big screen love it. Just like, you know, hey, we need to encourage people to go back to the movies. Uh, let's have a big yes. movie star do this thing. This week, Demi Adijuibe, who wrote the Twas the Night Before Fast and Furious, which we read last December, ah, but yes, also yes, yes. every year does the the 21st night of September. Like, that whole, like, he does the video, viral video each year. He keeps making it bigger and yes. bigger. He did a direct parody shot for shot of the Tom Cruise video, but him and his friend going to see it at a drive-in, and instead of, like, getting cheered by fans, they just roll down the window, and these two women are like, fuck you, Demi! And then they just drive, <laughs> yeah. and then they drive away. But it just... But people are like... The comments are a mixture of, like, what is this? And then people are like, oh my god. Because, like, if you've never seen the Tom yes. Cruise thing, you're like, this is the weirdest, yep. dumbest thing. But if you saw this, like, hyper-staged Tom Cruise, like, oh, love Tenet, go back to the movies. Like, basically, hey... My movie comes out in three months. Get used to it now. Demi did like literally a shot for shot, just like filming Ugh. the opening and the closing credits or whatever, and just him <laughs> clapping from the car though instead of the theater. Like it's so good. <laughs> uh, so if you want to 
find on on YouTube Demi Adjuibe or just search Demi big movie big screen loved it Demi Adjuibe posted <laughs> on Monday so it's it's just it's so good, good I'll just him. I'll share this with you I love that 20 I love that 21st night of September video and I'm glad that you just told me that because now I'll remember it for for this year we're getting close we're getting very, very close. close he's done it like four years in a row and it just gets weirder and bigger and like even though we're in quarantine I'm expecting the biggest one oh, yet same. and it's great so if you don't know Demi Adjuibe I think we talked about him a little bit when we did Twas the Night Before Fast and Furious, but look him up. He's very funny. He also does the Will Smith-style closing credit raps, like for Arrival and all their best pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> Is there any other news that you've seen? Because I don't think we've really talked about news. I just no. kind of transcended from that. But... No, I hope that I hope that Justin Lin going back to the, the thing means that they're going to start, like, rolling out promo. Because we're getting close if they keep the April date, right? Like, Well, so here's the weird thing actually related is that Wonder Woman might get bumped again, which in turn would bump Dune. Dune is supposed to come out, the, the remake, the reboot, the Dennis Villeneuve Dune. He's the guy who made Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. He's remaking Dune based on the book, the movie that David Lynch made in the 80s that people didn't really yeah. like. That's supposed to come out like Christmas week. But Wonder Woman might get bumped, and that might bump Dune to next year, which is fine because not going to go see it in theaters this year anyway. Yeah. But Dune's first trailer dropped today, and we're like three months out. So like, I think just marketing in general is like, people don't want to spend money. I don't know that we're going to get a Fast and Furious trailer maybe until like, possibly January or February. Like, it might not happen for already, a long time. But like, we might still be... done, dude, because, like, they were doing the promo run already. Oh, but it's done, but it's also, like, they don't spend need to drum the up... marketing. Yep, I get it. Exactly, because, like, unless they're like, hey, it's going to be on VOD, like, Black Friday or something, right? Like, unless they do something radically different to the release schedule... Yeah. They don't need to, like, get people excited, because, like, they're just going to push it in, you know, March. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. It was crazy to me that I'm like, we're like kind of close to the release and we haven't had any, like we've had images about Dune, but no trailers until today. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I found one thing that is sort of kind of related. I, it caught my eye. Dwayne The Rock Johnson thanks New Jersey Fire Department with a gift. What did he get him? So just after announcing that he had been diagnosed and beat COVID, The Rock delivered a shout out to New Jersey. He recently thanked the Ridgefield Fire Department's engine company number two with pairs of his Project Rock Under Armour sneakers. <laughs> The actor, who's a 1990 graduate of Freedom High School, which I think is in Pennsylvania maybe, posted a video to Instagram Sunday showing the firefighters receiving the gift by way of Under Armour and the First Responders Children Foundation. Blah, 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 blah. He just says, during these tough times, you've protected our families, our loved ones, and our communities as a small mahalo to all that you do, for all that you do, from myself and Under Armour here in my newly released Project Rock PR3s. I don't know why. I don't know why. They didn't why, like save but... them or anything. But cool anyways. No. I'm down. <laughs> It came up on the uh, Dwayne Rock or The Rock president or something, so I don't know why, but it is what it is, so yeah. shout out The hey Rock. man, I like firefighters. They don't bother me any. They're fine. I think that's all the news for today. So, Joe, the Ana Lucia Cortez, Leticia Ortiz, Lost for a Minute, Season 2, Episode 11, The Hunting Party. It should have been a little bit more of a party, don't you think? Well, you were right last time because they were going for Walt, but it's like, they're not really going for Walt, they're going after Michael. Yes. Yeah, because Michael's like, I'm going to go get Walt, knocks Locke out, shoves Jack in the thing, locks him in there, in like the armory of the hit, the sunken yes. place. The hatch. the hatch. That's the word I was looking for. Yep. And then he runs away like, I'm going to go get my son. Jack's like, no, I can't not be the star of this show. I have to go stop him from trying to rescue his own son and bring him back for no reason. That I'm glad that Locke pointed this out 
in the middle of the thing. He, like, gets there, and he's like, what if Michael doesn't want to come back? And he's like, oh, he's coming back. And he's like, well, but you're not helping him go to find his son either, so what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, so Jack has a savior complex and a messiah complex and daddy issues and all sorts of everything, and so... In this episode, we see in the flashbacks, this is a Jack episode. I was like, well, brace yourself, it's a Jack episode. But it's not a bad no, Jack a episode. One. It's kind it's of just a a, the surgery he used to save his wife's mobility, yes. to restore her mobility, is basically the exact surgery that this old French dude needs. Or some, Italian. You know, some he's Italian. Guy, Italian yeah. dude. He and his attractive daughter come to America. They're like, you did the surgery once, do it again. He's like, it was a miracle surgery. She's like, then give me a miracle. And we find out that Jack fails to save the guy's life and then makes out with his daughter in the parking lot because she kisses him and yeah. he kisses her back and I'm like that's weird bedside no, manner no, no. dude this is a this is a thing though I wanted to talk to you about this I'm glad that you got to that and don't skip over this part the like making out in the parking lot thing it's so similar to you see it in Sopranos right like when Tony falls in love with his therapist that like they both go yeah. you know she he was trying for her and he's needs comfort because he knows that this guy died and she's there and you just get this like weird like oh, I think that this is, like, this moment, and it's it's not, right? So, like, yeah, I don't fault them for this. Like, he shouldn't have, like, chased after her, and he should have been cognitive of it. But, like, for her to, like, try to kiss him and him being like, okay, whatever, like, that's not an uncommon thing to happen in these situations, right? Because you're like... Oh, for sure. Yeah, you try to save my dad. You're my hero. And you're and then they're like, oh, like... And you have, like, all this lust about them because you don't know the person. All you know that he's tried to save your dad, so... And so he goes home, and he tells his wife that I kissed another woman, she's like, cool, I'm leaving you. Yeah. Like, but not because of <laughs> that, because she was seeing somebody else. I know. That was the best part. So, like, so she's like, oh. And, like, she, like, stops washing her hands, and she's like, I have something. Like, she's like, Jack. And I'm like, oh, God, is she, like, really this pissed? Like, is she not going to see? Like, that's what I'm starting to think. Like, oh, this is, like, a common thing. Like, he's like, look, I kissed her. I kissed her back, whatever. He's He's been working till 4 a.m. Like, it could happen. She's like, no, I've been seeing somebody else, dude. You're, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes a little bit too on the nose again because yeah. it's you know network TV writing, but it's it's showing how the sins of the father, sins of the past, whatever you want to call it, have manifested. And so he's trying to be a savior. He's trying to help all people and whatever. And he, neglects his own he needs wife. to be in control. And things don't always go right, but he can't cope with that. Right? Yeah. There are two big scenes in the episode, really, on the island, and the second one is the one at the end with him and Onyx, like 40, 41 minutes in, maybe to this 42-minute episode, I was just like, she hasn't shown up, and I'm like, mm. and then she's there at the end giving Vincent mangoes, which I loved, but they do some small chit-chat, he's like, you were a cop, right? And she's like, yeah, why? He's like, how oh. about we train an army? How long would that take? And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, like, there's a, there's a thing here where, like, Anna murdered one of them, by yeah. accident, like not you know, not maliciously, but she it just happened. Yet they basically dropped that story altogether. They're like, yeah, just you know, life goes on. She and killed like, one of the weird. other guys. I wanted to ask you about this. I don't remember this part. What? Who did she kill from there? They're not talking about Shannon now. So she killed somebody no, else. No, Goodwin, the guy who was their version of Ethan. When they're trying she to finds move, out. yeah, they're trying to like move the. Oh yeah, she killed like one of their guys because he attacked her and then he gets impaled on a stake. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because she builds the jail and first thing. Because she thinks it's the other guy, but it's not him. Goodwin goes down, snaps that guy's neck, and then she figures out it's Goodwin, and they tussle, and she, he, like, jumps at her, she gets out of the way, and impales himself. Yes, okay, now I remember. So she didn't really kill one. Like, one died fighting her. One died, yeah. While she was fighting a guy, he died. He kind of killed himself by accident. <laughs> yes, But, like, yeah. yes. 
sushi. Like I was, I was thinking like I was like, did I miss like her just like blasting away at like some other person? Like I know she shot Shannon and like, and I think they like mention it like when they walk through the woods. So like I kind of vaguely remembered that, but I was like, I don't remember what happens. Okay, thank you. So yeah, so they are talking at the end about training an army because they want to take on the others because the first big scene, and I want to come back to this later, but I don't talk about Anna first, is the meeting with Tom Friendly. I don't think you know his name, but his name is Tom Friendly. Again, I don't know if that's his real name or not. Is he is he like the the headmaster of the other clan? Uh, I don't want to say no, that. No, 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 I'm saying, is really. that the guy that I'm seeing right now? That's who you're talking yes, about. Correct. Yes, correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy yes. who's like in the middle of the circle that's like, give me your guns, that guy. Yes. Okay. And then he's like, light him up. But yeah, yeah, we'll talk about him in a second. But let's talk about Anna first. Let's talk about her one scene. Because even though she's only on screen for like 90 seconds, I was like, this is like a really good scene, especially for what we're doing here. Yes. Jack comes to her to, to try to train an army. I wanted to know, does he mean like an Automancer army that she usually deals with in like Fast and the Furious that would just like be near the guns and could like become an army in two days? Or like civilians that were just in a plane crash? (sighs) <sighs> Again, this is Jack, like, I want to control everything, and, like, there's a threat out there, and we want to neutralize it. So I think it's, like, yeah. whatever we can get. They have a bunch of guns. Yeah, they had the armory, so, like, it was there. And the thing is, like, are you going to train, like, like Rose and, like, Claire and the baby? Well, no, but they have they have a lot of able-bodied Not young really. People. There's, like, 40 well, of them. I mean, tra- <laughs> Charlie. I guess that's to, 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 the, to the, not necessarily joke, but like the funny scene in this, there's, there's a couple good Hurley moments, but he's like, I think I have a shot with Libby. Like, this is literally my desert island situation. Like, yeah. if, I, if I ever have a shot, it's now. And so I guess to that point, there aren't a lot of like young, able-bodied people, no, right? So there's definitely not. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you got like, well, like Jin, but not Sun. I think Sun could probably, do. I mean, if you think about it, there's, I think there's two different kinds. I think there's the aggressive, the aggressor, who that's like Jack, that's Sawyer, that's, what he seems that's like Locke, he wants. that's Anna. Yeah. But I think it's also like, let's train everyone to be able to use a gun. I don't remember how this shakes out, but I think it's like, everyone should know how to use a gun or some kind of weapon, because basically we're going to war and everybody needs to be in on it. Yeah, but I thought that he was like, we're going to go attack them. Not like we're just like protecting ourselves if they come here. It, it, I think it's I think it's both. I think th- I don't remember exactly. We'll find out. Okay. But I think it's a combination of both. I think it's like they want to be ready just in case. But I also think because I mean not necessarily having an army means you're going to go attack someone, but it's like Ugh. hey we might be attacked. Fair, I guess. If you have an army, you're going to use it. I mean, especially if you're Jack, right? Yeah, so. especially if you're Jack. Also, can we talk about how fucking annoying Kate was in this episode again? Jack's just like, stay here. And she's like, no, I want to be one of the guys. And he's like, just <laughs> stay here. And she's like, I'm going to come along. And he's like, no, just just look. Like, we have to go find him. Like, I can't, like, watch you dicking around while we're doing this. She's like, I'm a tracker now. And he's like, stop it. Just stay here. And then, like, obviously she goes, she gets caught. And they're like, they have to trade six guns to get her back. And you're like, you dumb ass. Like, I wouldn't have talked to her either. She's so frustrating. She's like, sorry, didn't mean to run away for, like, run away with you. Well, she's the same thing as Jack. That's why they, like, get along so well and also, like, are so against each other. Because they're both, they both think that they are qualified for everything. That's and yet fair. They should just, like, they should just both be like, hey, Locke, you got this one. But Jack doesn't, like, unnecessarily bring people along with him. And Kate always likes to tag along and cause bullshit. If Kate was like, I'm going to go do this thing. And he'd be like... Don't do that. And she's like, I'm going by myself. Like, and he chases her. Then that's his dumbass fault. But like a lot of the time, Jack's like, okay, like I'm going to go like find whatever. And like Locke's like, well, you obviously need me. So I'm going to go. And Sawyer's like, I'm in. And then Kate's like, well, what about me? And they're like, just stay home. But then she gets captured. Then she gets captured and you have to trade guns for her. There's a lot more dumb stuff that they're all going to do. So just (laughs) get ready for it. Getting strapped in. I was actually really proud that like in this one, Sun's like, Jin, don't go dick around in the woods. 
And he's like, I'm the man here. And she's like, yeah, we tried that before. It didn't work out real well. And he's like, I get it. <laughs> and it just stays home. And I was like, see, why couldn't you just stayed home? Like, even Jin's like, okay, like, that was my buddy, and, like, he taught me how to speak English, but, like, I should probably stay home. Like, cool. I feel like at a certain point, they're on the island for seven weeks now, help does not seem to be coming, and it's like, we need to stick up for our own. And I think, like, you could either just sit there, like, it's kind of, to a certain point, what the tailies did, right? They're like, we're just going to hang here, and then, like, they were very quickly just annihilated. I mean, they don't know that necessarily. Yeah. But, like, they were just like, hey, we're going to try to stay out of everybody's way, and then the others were like, cool, we're going to take nine of you, we're going to take another seven of you, we're going to kill two of you, whatever. Yeah. And then suddenly, instead of having 40 or whatever, 23 or whatever they started with, there's six. And it's like, oh, that's not good. There's a difference between, like, taking care of your own and then, like, dicking off into trouble that you shouldn't be in. But I think it's like, they're taking our, I don't know, I don't mind it. Like, I think, well, narratively, because, like, if yeah. you don't do this, there's no story. Like, yeah, they, exactly. It's a TV show. They're sitting there whittling shit, just, like, carving stuff with knives. Yeah. Right. Like, there's a reason why we could catch up on the 40 days for the tailies in 40 minutes, because it's like, they didn't do a whole hell of a lot. It's just like, yep. yeah, they just sat around, right? Yep. Narratively, they need to do something. But I also think that they're succeeding and thriving and whatever, because they're being aggressive, because people like Locke are going out into the woods to hunt boar, and Kate is going out into the woods to find mangoes, and they're trying to not only survive, but kind of to a certain extent thrive on the island. Yeah, but you, everybody has their own role. If Kate wants to go like track something, go track something. She's not the one that should be like trying to rescue other people like just know your place in the society like you're rebuilding the society sun is very content like planting that's what she's good at that's what she likes to do Jin is fishing that's what he's good at that's what he liked to do but it's also a different personality type yeah and I just, it just it you just don't like that kate is kate that's very i mean like no no i just I, like she's she's just she's too much of a like um i mean don't get me wrong i don't like kate either she's too much like of a liability to me Right? Like, I'd be like, oh, God, you're so frustrating. Like, just go dick off and do whatever you want, and that's fine. But, like, I'm not worrying about you anymore because you just, like, want to go dick off and do whatever you want. So do it. But, like, her whole life, we've seen her whole life, like, just always in trouble in one way or the other, right? So. Yeah. So, but go do that in the forest by yourself. Like, if you want to get captured, go get captured. Fine. Well, she did. I mean, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> she got captured. So. No, but she was like, I was trying to help. And you're like, no, don't say that. Just say, like, you just wanted to go get captured because you just couldn't fucking sit still for a minute and just stay <sighs> here. Yes, I agree. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the other big scene is him with MC Ginny with Tom Friendly, and that's just like a sense of the like we don't know the details. But we said to see the size, of the scope, uh, like the breadth of what they're facing, and he's you know Jack basically call like thinks he's calling a bluff, and there's MC Ginny's like, people. oh no, yeah. there's you know we're not bluffing. No, and yeah. So that I'm really excited about that because now we have like another group, and also they're like confrontational, like. The tailies, we were like, we knew that they were the tailies, right? So like, they were eventually yep. gonna like merge, cause like you know there has to be some kind of relationship there. But like the others, I don't know where the fuck they're from. I don't know what they're trying to do, and they seem aggressive right now. So that's good. I like the yeah. the positioning that we're putting the story in right now. So I'm happy yeah. about that. The others are fascinating. Well, we, we I don't remember at what point we really merge with the other, not really merge with the others, but like where we learn about the others. Because like right now like they're overlap just like story wise. Yeah, because yeah, they're like a nameless sort of yes. Yeah. Enemy, nameless, faceless enemy, yes. but eventually we learn more about them. I'm sure. I want to say it's a little bit more this season and then a lot of next season, I think, but I don't remember. I remember how season three starts, and so that's kind of a hint at like where it's kind of going, but I don't remember how much it happens in any of You know what I mean? So Yeah, makes sense. We talked about, we joked about, and I also pointed it out in Girl Fight, that Nico was talking about, you know, me or Mono, my brother. Yes. I got kind of like an 
English version here where I know it's different, but like just Jack asking Sawyer if he feels okay. He's like feeling nauseated, sick. It's like basically, are you feeling sick? Sick? <laughs> yeah, like, well, he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> my doctor. My doctor. Yeah, that's a my brother, my brother situation. It's just like a no. It was like English. A, English. A my doctor, my doctor situation. Like if you didn't yeah, know, my what, doctor, my patient. Yeah, my doctor, my patient. <laughs> Yeah. Science word? Practical word? Yeah, exactly. But like, nauseated is not like a $2 word or whatever that phrase no, is, right? Like, people yeah. know what it means. I think to a certain extent, like, what Nico was pointing out, that not only is it not racially insensitive, but just, like, oblivious, racially oblivious, maybe, but it's also just, like, not great writing. So and we always you know, talk about, like, respect your audience a little bit more. Like, don't write all this shit that's, like, for although, the dumbest possible in, audience. In this regard, in that sense, I would say maybe it's just, like, Hey, Sawyer's a like Jack is thinking Sawyer's a dumbass. He's not uh, gonna know what nauseated means. Maybe Sawyer's still not dumb. He's just like he I just know. yeah. But like maybe, but maybe that's what he's doing. I don't know. Maybe and Sawyer like because Sawyer could just be like, I know what nauseated means, jackass, right? So actually, you know what? He's done that a bunch in the show before. So maybe yeah, you're right. Any other thoughts about the hunting party? No, I'm excited to see where the next one goes. Now that we know that these other people exist, and I want to see, I want to see like a long training montage where like uh, Michelle Rodriguez is just like. Just, like, on the beach, just, like, you know, stripping guns down and reassembling them, like, with the team. Like, Claire and the baby. Claire has the baby, like, in front of her, but then the rifle in front of the baby. And just, like, reassembling a rifle on the beach. That's what I hope for. I don't think that's what we get with Claire, but I think, in other regards, I don't remember (laughs) verbatim, but I think it's similar. The next episode is called Fire and Water, and I'm pretty sure it's a Charlie episode, so... Oh, that's cool. I like Charlie episodes. That'll be fun. That won't be on the next episode, because the next episode is Fast and Furious 6, so we're skipping that for that, but the episode after that... So that means I got a week until this one. Fuck. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it happens. Joe, the final thing we'll do before we take a break is the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 85, a minute I called, Pull Back for Letty! You should just call some of these, like, Vroom 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 Vroom. Vroom Vroom Part 1, Vroom Vroom Part 2, Vroom Vroom Part 3. In this minute, Vince continues to dangle off the side of the truck, because that's just where he's been for the last three minutes. Yep. Letty pulls up alongside the truck and drives under it. Classic. Letty's car and the truck collide, sending her flying and tumbling off the road. Leon pulls a 180 to help Letty, while Dom continues to follow the truck for Vince. Leon pulls over to the side of the road and runs to Letty's overturned car. Letty slowly begins to crawl out of her car. I thought in the last minute, remember we had Son of a Bitch! Like, where she was, like, pulled up in front of the truck driver was taunting him. That was at the start of the last minute, but I guess we just don't see off-screen her return behind the car. Because last I remember checking in, because most of the last minute is Dom stretching for Vince, right? Yeah. So, like, I guess after she gets shot at, 
she goes back behind because she starts from behind this minute. So it's like a weird game of chess, sort of, where, like, we're not seeing all the pieces move. It's, it's a good move because she's coming up on the left. Vince is dangling from the right. So she comes up and then pulls in front of the truck. She's going to distract the truck driver. He's going to shoot at her. And then he starts to, like, then she starts to drop back and he has a shot from his passenger side window. I mean, from his, like, side, from his window. And he can, like, shoot there. And he keeps him distracted long enough, hopefully, to get Vince off the truck. So it makes sense. And then she, like, cuts under him and gets on the other side. And he's going to be like, where did she go? Because he's looking at his mirror. Then he goes, she goes under him. And he's like, what the fuck? Looks in his other mirror. And he's, like, not shooting at Vince. So it makes sense to me, at least. I was also thinking that when Letty bumps the side of the truck yes. uh, and then goes flying, I was thinking about Fast and Furious Crossroads. Like, take down. Like, good, good job, <laughs> truck driver. You've got one. Yeah, it, it like it had a nice bump to it too, like Crossroads did, right? I liked in Crossroads that you could like really shoot a truck, like you, I would like you and a truck would play chicken sometimes, and you would just like just shoot one. I thought that was pretty yeah. fun. I'm gonna save this other note that I have for the trivia, I think. But you noted something, I guess, cool or at least good in terms that is consistent. Because we were talking about it, so I just wanted to make sure that Letty's okay. So they sh- show the the Civic rolling off. Letty was in it, right? And it like falls down the hill. And like yep. I caught a clip of the license plate, and I was like, oh, I wonder just for consistency's sake, like if it's the same license plate. And it surprisingly was. I was cool. like, wow, whoever was shooting this, good job changing the license plate onto the dummy car that you're just going to like throw down the hill. Or maybe Letty was driving a car that they were throwing down a hill, but usually they use like kind of like an empty car, right? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I think so. That like they normally use like a car that's like not doesn't have like an engine and stuff in it. So you can right. just like throw it so it can get more air and can just kind of destruct more. Yeah, but no, it had license plate. The same one that Letty was driving from earlier when we did all the license plate stuff, so I was like very proud of that. Good job, guys. I don't have a lot to say because there's no music at the same scene. There's no new clothing. Like it's no. there's not a lot new to look at. It's just new things happening with the same things we've already observed. Yes, yes, yes. But we we kind of experienced this like during the race scene. It was kind of the same yeah. thing. Yeah. The cool thing though is I think I found the Nextel push to talk cell phone that Dom is using in the truck. In the car. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. I think it's this one. I pause, there's like one, you get the back and it says Nextel on it on one scene and then it cuts to Leon and then it cuts back to Dom and he's holding it and like the way he's holding it, the faceplate looks very similar, it's just a different color, so it's very close to the model he's using. I, and and this is of the time that you could change your cell phone faceplate and stuff, so I don't know if it was that, I don't know if it was a different model or if it was a different color of the phone, you used to be able to get phones of different colors too, right? Actually, so I don't want to bust your bubble here, but at the bottom, the FCC ID was approved December 21st of 2001. So I think this is a too new of a model. Ooh, really? Okay. I think it's probably similar in a similar line, but I think this I-85S, I-88S, I think it's probably too new of a model. Because, like, if this released in summer 01, I think it was shooting yeah. late 2000, early 2001. So I think this is too new of a model. I mean, it might be, it might be for all intents and purposes, the same thing with, like, a different chip or something, right? But yeah, no, no. I think this particular model is a little too new. I, yeah, because, t- like I said, the color was off, but, like, the, the shape, the keypad layout was very, very similar. So I'm thinking I'm close to it. So I just had a note, just similar to the one that Dom uses. Perfect. Nailed it. Very similar to the one that Dom uses. I was excited. Excited is the wrong word because Letty is tumbling almost to her death. I also wanted to point out that she will crash once again in four, kind of a future fast action there. I was excited that something kind of big happened because there's only so many minutes in a row where we can watch where they're just like all like driving down the street. yelling at each other. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah, I did. I copied because there's the script online that I take and I just make sure it's accurate because like it's usually close, but usually not spot on. All of the lines, as you heard, are like, Dominic, hang on, Dom, Letty, Leon, (laughs) yo, 
I'm on it. It's like, okay, oh, yeah. Like, it makes sense when you're watching, but to see it all written out, it's like, oh, yeah, this looks dumb. This looks really bad. I think I would have a hard time trying to write a script of, like, an action scene, because, like, this is what you need to do. Like, that's exactly what the lines are. Without hearing the inflections in it, you'd be like, God, this this looks really bad, right? It'd be like, yo, hey, whoa, stop. <laughs> you're like, oh. Well, it reminds me, I don't know if we talked about it on here or not. I know we talked about it on Cruise Club, and I feel like I might have brought it up here. But for the Cruise movie, The Mummy, they accidentally released a trailer without the final, si- oh, without the definitely final talked about sound it mix. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. Go ahead. It's just like, uh, oh, hey, in the in the trailer, in the actual mixed trailer, it's like there's sound effects and there's music and there's probably like those are probably even just like temp dialogue tracks. Hearing it standalone and not done, it's like, oh yeah, movies are dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's it has a very very hard to like break down a movie into individual components. Can you imagine if you're like the voice editor for a movie and you just hear like, ugh. and you're like, okay, that one's better. (laughs) Like, there's the new show on HBO, Lovecraft Country, and this fourth episode, the three main leads encountered a supernatural being. I won't be, like, that's just kind of what the show is about, but, like, they see something weird. But I'm thinking about how, like, they're acting against nothing, like, probably a tennis ball or something, Yep. and they're all, like, terrified out of their minds, but I, just in my head in that moment, I'm like, oh, no, there's nothing there. Like, they're just, like, acting terrified in front of nothing like mm-hmm. they're not seeing what they're supposed what they're actually seeing they're just seeing a ball on a stick that like is where they're going to model the, the creature later so i'm just like oh yeah no acting is dumb yeah yeah not all the time but yeah any other thoughts before i i don't know if you looked at my trivia question but no what is it i was a little surprised when dom tells leon go get letty go help letty i'm gonna get vince he's like got it that leon just like does like a hard right into the shoulder to turn around i was expecting kind of like a flash here because like so many people in these movies pop an e-brake pull a 180 and just go the other way but he just like yanks the steering wheel hard to the right and turns around i was like oh like that's practical but not flashy in a movie where like there's a lot of flashiness Mm. and i was thinking what braking maneuver does leon pull to return to help letty e-brake 180 either to the left or the right or a traditional brake hard turn to the left or to the right Hmm. it's a very small detail that feels a little nitpicky but i don't know what else happens here we could say something maybe like, how does Letty flip her car? Like, she bumps the truck, which is the right answer. She truck. tries to swerve out of the way of something. She tries to swerve out of the way of Dom. Like, we could do other things, but I don't... And again, this might just be where my brain went. I was surprised... Not ripping... Well, because ripping the e-brake comes in at, like, two, right? Like, like in two, that's when you get the, like, pull the e-brake. Especially, yeah, in the, in the two-on-two race yeah. where, where they're going around the cone. Yeah, but I feel like in my brain, I guess that's just because that's one of the, like... And Leon's racing behind. Maneuvers. Leon's the tail, in this yeah. too and he just hits the brakes and turns off right yeah i think it's kind of like a i mean it's an maybe an easy question i don't know it's also a nitpicky question i i admit that but i just don't have a better option no i, I i'm i'm not opposed to it it's fine by me so then traditional brake heart are these like is the wording fine i think it's okay like foot brake like brake pedal brake pedal and hard turns to the left or to the right yeah i want to uh remind our patrons anybody even all the way down to the one dollar a month tier that there is the quiz available at too fast too forever.com in the pinned post the information is there Mm -hmm. if you want to take the quiz we have not had anybody take the quiz in a while we also haven't anybody give us a review on itunes in a while so if you'd like to do one or both of those that would be cool yeah Uh, one for fun one just to help us be found a little bit easier minute 85 question 96 what braking maneuver does leon pull to return to help letty correct answer is brake pedal and a hard turn to the right yeah yeah yeah. that makes sense cool all right joe let's take a break 
and let us bring in Kara to talk about Resident Evil Retribution. Resident Evil Retribution. This episode is brought to you by Kisha, the only umbrella you'll never forget. It has an app that reminds you when you lose your Kisha umbrella. You can find it on a map with location awareness that boosts your location radius when in buildings and a weather forecast. It's the only umbrella you'll ever need. Kisha Classic Foldable Black Umbrella. Thank well, you. shout out Keisha, and I like that before we started recording, like, I don't know how to pronounce this, and you just, you solved it by just saying it two different ways, so I think that's the best way to go about it. They didn't send any, like, they didn't send the, like, the nice, like, you know, um, pronunciation guide in the portfolio, they said. It helps, so. it helps. It helps, it should, yeah. Well, welcome back to the show with us once again to talk about Resident Evil. Once again, we have Kara Gayla Regan. Hello, Kara. Hello. Welcome Got to back one to of the them show umbrellas. to talk about the fifth movie in the franchise. This is, is really exciting for me because like as I let you guys know and I've hinted before, Rachel really enjoyed the first one. So between the time we recorded the first one and now, we've watched all five of them in a row. So Crazy. we're completely caught up. I know all the Resident Evil things you can know. And it's not Resident Evil, it's Resident Evil. So. <laughs> well, my big surprise with this one I told you both on Facebook this morning is that I had seen this movie before, which I had no recollection <laughs> that I'd seen this before. And when I went to log it on Letterboxd, I was like, when did I rate this? And then I looked back and I was like, oh, yeah, I watched it on DVD like seven years ago. So I'd seen so it So even as you were watching it, you weren't like... Well, I checked it at the beginning. Familiar. Like, I remembered <laughs> some of it. Like, I, I remembered not a lot of it. I remembered yeah. some of it. I think I think this one might be a better movie than the... It's, it's better really? in certain ways, but I think the first one is definitely more memorable and more iconic. Yeah. Interesting. Um, when I was talking to my friend, and because he was, he was like, "What is? It, why are you watching all these Resident Evil movies?" And I told him, you know, from Michelle Rodriguez and stuff like that. And he was like, "His favorites are both one and five. So he hmm. said good choices. He cool. said those were his two favorites." Oh, I thought this one sucked. <laughs> really? I think I this, mean, this one feels more just... video gamey than the first one. By yeah. Lot. Well, I think that's why I don't like it because it doesn't actually have like a story arc. It's just kind of like moving from level to level. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You know, and it just, I was like, what? What's happening now? What? Like, every time I thought, like, the movie was going to be over, it was, like, some new level of danger that I was like, all right, guys, come on. So here's a quick catch-up to where we are. So for a while when Alice is like, there's like a, she's talking to the camera, she's like, hi, I'm Alice. Here's what you need to know. And for a while, I was like, is this going to be entirely the first movie? Because like a lot of the, a lot of the ramp up is just the first movie. And I was like, well, you haven't watched the ones in between and every movie she wakes up and goes, hi, I'm Alice. And like, this is what happened last time. And I don't remember what's happening now. And then you get thrown into it. That's not my issue. I'm just like, she talks about the first movie for so long. And I'm like, is this going to be a five minute recap or is it only going (laughs) to recap the first movie? There's some new Red Queen CGI, which is an improvement, uh, I guess. But it's also weird because they have Red Queen at the end but they have a new Red Queen here, better computers, whatever. After the first movie, there's global spread, there's horrifying mutations, they start cloning things. They injected Alice with the virus and she developed powers. 
Jill Valentine, who's an ally in the second one, gets kidnapped, brainwashed, becomes evil. Alice yep. confronts and kills the Umbrella Corporation's CEO, I guess, the head guy, whatever. And that puts us here in Resident Evil Retribution, in which basically she kind of, we find out that there's like this whole cloning operation going on, that there are 50 basic models. There mm-hmm. are a whole bunch of Alice's. There are yep. ostensibly a whole bunch of reigns of mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez. We see a couple of those. We're nearing the end of civilization, nearing the end of humanity. There does not seem to be many humans left. We don't even know. Do we definitively know if this Alice is a human or not, or is she a clone? She's a human. But do we know that for sure? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, I think r- the real question is, was there ever a real Alice or True. where did this DNA come from? Like, was there ever, like, an original Alice? What are the odds that that one's still alive? Fairly low. From there, which Alice is this? Like, is she still, like, a prototype? Or is this one of the advanced models? or Basic model. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that existential what is happening is dictated by the daughter, who's probably also a clone. She's like, are you mm-hmm. my mommy? She's like, I am now. But like, She's when they definitely yeah, go to the cloning facility, I think the movie leads you to believe that this is authentic real Alice because like she's Project Alice like she's like the badass one and then like you see a whole bunch of Project Alice's you're like oh wait maybe not I don't know if it's exactly the movie that gets this across or just the script and like the trivia that I read about it but basically this explains why everyone is so loyal and why everyone is so loyal to Umbrella is because they are all bred that way because they're all Mm -hmm. clones God overall and God in this corporate in, in, in this instance is Umbrella Corp. And so people are willing to die for Umbrella because they were made by Umbrella. They just don't know that, right? So it's a weird thing. But there also seems to be some sort of like human computer interface situation happening because yes. when they cut the power to the central computer, it like powers them all down. And then they start up again. And also, Jill Valentine, theoretically, was human before, and now she's being controlled by that thing on her chest. So there's not just are these beings clones that have been, like, bred for this, but also there's some sort of, like, distributed computing happening. Yeah. And mind control that, mm-hmm. like, goes into your chest with a spider. Yeah. And so I guess the big the big thing to say in this, the reason we're covering this now, is now we know how Michelle Rodriguez is back. Now, Joe, when you had watched 2, 3, and 4, which we did not talk about, did you have any inkling of, like, knowing how she would return? Because it feels like, and I might be wrong, but I think that they had sort of hinted at cloning or even explicitly done cloning in previous movies. Did you know that that, did you figure, did you guess? Because you said maybe a flashback, maybe a prequel, something, but did you have any idea when you opened, when you started this movie, that you were going to get a clone or clones of Letty? No, I kind of let my brain run free on these. So they talked about cloning, and I was like, yeah, but, like, you know, was she cloned before the outbreak? So that would have had to been how. So I was still thinking it might have been, like, a prequel. And then I was thinking, like, you know, in some of the other ones, they have, like, the, the, like, antivirus, virus complicator thing that, like, makes them, like, superhuman. So I thought she was just going to be, like, a super zombie at some point. But, like, the cloning thing, I was like, oh, okay, I get that. But, uh, no, I wasn't really heart set on it by the time that we got to here. I didn't think that that's how she was going to come back. I, there were still many options open in my brain. Didn't I talk about cloning for the next Fast and the Furious movie? Like, that's how they're going to bring Brian back? I think you well, did. Yeah. this is what I wanted to bring up with this one, is, like, now that we've, you know, I've spent five movies of cloning here... That, like, how do we know Han is not a clone? 
Yeah. Well, we don't. I mean, we but we've talked about that. Really, it's a it's a real Battlestar Galactica situation. Cylons. Yeah. 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 Like we don't know, so it's it's very interesting, and like and Han is back, right? And we saw Han die, and we already like reanimated Letty through racing memory. So I mean, maybe Han is a clone. Well, we talked about that multiple times. We talked about that. Like, is he the same? Is he different? Is he rebuilt by Etion? Is he a clone? Is he the same? I was I was always thinking like the Etion, like is he like half robot thing? Not like if he was like actually a clone. Right, mm-hmm. like that. Now, when I saw this, that they're like, just you know, do we have a factory that we're just making hundreds of pawns that hang from the ceiling? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think to Kara's point, like, and I, I do remember talking about that with her. Like, there's not a lot of crazier, sort of more sci-fi ways that we could go. And I feel like cloning and space are the and time travel, right? Those are kind of the yes, three big yes. ones. So, yeah. yep. But also, like, Etion being this like biotech operation like it, it it's just a natural progression into cloning from like what they're already doing yeah like cyborgs and then also just like full clones mm-hmm. exactly so in this movie we have two michelle's rodriguez we were supposed to have a third as well she was aside from her good and evil version she played a zombie doppelganger umbrella what? apparently tests every clone in different levels but this scene was cut so she there's i guess there's probably zombie versions of all of them but there's going to be a zombie Letty too, like I guess full out as opposed to just at the end of the first movie where we get her for like 15 seconds, right? But she plays okay. good Rain and bad Rain. And good Rain is like so wildly off, like out of character and like against type in every way Michelle Rodriguez is that like it felt so refreshing. And I just and wish felt we got same. more of that. Yeah. And it felt really on purpose. I thought there was more of that. Like I thought that I had seen this before and then when I was watching it, like certain parts of it felt really familiar, but I'm not sure if it was because I had actually seen this one or if they just have borrowed so much from other movies. Yes. Because <laughs> I feel like that the whole suburban thing is very Dawn of the Dead remake. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they, like, shot it in the same house. It had, like, ex- the exact same feel. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I thought, that, I thought that Michelle Rodriguez was in this movie a lot more. That, like, good Rain character seems very deliberate like they've taken like everything like not just her character from the previous movies but also like michelle rodriguez and like the characters that she plays yes and they were like what if we put you in stilettos and you drive a prius (laughs) that has leaves all over it and you're hanging a dream catcher from your rearview mirror she's like i marched against the nra and bumper stickers and She's got a bike to the back, right? Like, it's it's basically, like, this is the future that liberals want, like that meme from a couple of years ago. <laughs> what is the the most frustrating thing in the world to me in this movie, especially for what we're doing here, is that all of the IMDb trivia, like, multiple times, people, again, I don't know why Wes can't get something on there when, like, there's the, re, like, rewording of other trivia, but, like, throughout the IMDb trivia, there's, like, there are no flashbacks in this movie. This is the first Resident Evil movie without flashbacks. Zero flashbacks in this movie. I'm like, cool. But, like, everything about the movie makes it feel like they're flashbacks, but it's just yep. simulations. So, yeah. whatever. But we go from the beginning to this residential area we see Alice Resident's Evil and we see her wake up in bed and then like shit breaks bad right and she runs outside with her daughter and they're saved by rain and she drives away and then almost immediately they get like t-boned they get hit by a truck they flip Alice and the daughter just sprint and they just leave Letty in the car it's like what like what yeah 
totally bail on Letty immediately for what we're doing here. I was like, no. And like, luckily, finally, maybe not. We think that she returns later, but that just might be another clone of like good. Oh, that's definitely another clone. Yeah. But she's like, oh, it's so good to see you guys again. Like at the very end, almost. And then like that one dies almost immediately, too. But like they're being pursued by zombies. They don't even check to see if she's still alive. Alice is like, we got to go. And she just takes her daughter and sprints away. And I'm like, God damn it. And then like rain is gone for like 45 minutes. Like there is no Letty for like most of the middle of this movie. And I was like, damn it. But she shows up driving. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at her. She's driving a car. Fast and least furious car imaginable. (laughs) I know. And she kind of drifts it a little bit too. We got all excited. It like comes around that corner a little fast and then immediately flips it, which is something we really don't see too often in Fast and the Furious movies either, (laughs) right? Like the main characters never really flip a car. Actually, like not many cars get flipped. Han. The flip car does flip a couple cars. But it's like nobody like of importance, right? It's always like civilians get flipped or like shot out of the way what i think was really funny when i was watching this is like if i had remembered that i a that i had seen the movie or b like the plot of this movie i think it would have been really funny like if like kara and i like gaslit i gaslit you last episode we're like oh yeah she's in tons of the movie and then like she shows up and dies immediately and then just doesn't return it's like well god like what you guys do to me but like she comes back but like there's a while where you're like is that all we're gonna get from her because like it feels like for a while Maybe that's all we're going to get from her. And she's, like, still an auxiliary character. Like, even in this, like, she's not, like, a main character. They somehow downgraded her role from the first one. And she's, like, more popular and famous now. Well, I think just because the world got bigger, right? And this is what I don't like about sci-fi franchises and, like, sci-fi shows often is because, like, the mythology gets so big that what I like about the first installment usually, like, the small nature of it gets lost that now alice is a superhero which on its own is super cool but it's not what i liked about the first movie Mm. fair and she like has the whole crew that she has to bring back with like all the pieces she met along the way so you have like more people to share screen time with like we always talk about with the fast and furious i just wanted more letty in it that's all i was hoping for i wish they hadn't cut out that third character of hers yeah like the super zombie or whatever it was like i just i would have liked to see more of her that's all what about this did you specifically not like Kara? i know you said it just kind of feels like going from level to level but did you watch any of the other ones this week in between or did you just watch one and five like what about this which is like kind of disappointing in retrospect yeah, I did only do one in five, which I think was the mistake. You need to ramp up, like, get that yeah. nice slow burn going. Yeah. I also um, take umbrage with the costumes in this. I think they're terrible. I am mad at her shoes. All the buckles. Well, she's just, they have her dressed up like a fetish doll for some reason. Yes. Even Michelle Rodriguez says it to her, right? Does she? Okay. Yeah, she's like, what kind of this S&M kind of get up you got on here? When Good Rain comes back, uh, she says, what's this place? Why is everything in Russian? What's with the S&M get up? She's just like, I don't <laughs> yeah. understand anything that's going on. Why do you look the way you do? It's so impractical. And I, I, I have questions about like why this outfit? Because every movie she has a different outfit and all of the outfits up to now are like incredibly practical. But those yes. are outfits that like she's put together mostly, whereas this is something that's just presented to her. And I'm wondering like, did they put those in her, in, in those shoes to make it, to make her more easily preyed upon like that's the only thing that makes sense to me well that's why women wear high heels i don't know if you know that like historically it makes us easier to catch (laughs) i'm not joking i I wish i was i wonder about that but i just you know you can do so much with a jumpsuit and the jumpsuits in this are just 
bad. Like, the thing that Jill Valentine's wearing, so unflattering. Like, it just... Her her main attribute in this movie, it seems like, is cleavage. Yes, I agree. Which I understand on the one level, but it's also like... We talked about, it, and I don't remember, I didn't watch two, three, or four this week, but I know that she is the star of the video games, that she comes in in two, and she's this badass lady, and like, okay, so she gets brainwashed and is now evil, but like, she's just like a generic fighting thing with like a red glowing scarab around her neck and just, you know, cleavage, cleavage. pushed together to like endless degree, right? It's just, there's nothing, like, I don't I don't get a sense at all. And for like a movie, for, like I understand that most people who are seeing this in theaters probably have seen most of the movies, but like every movie should be kind of, kind of approachable and like they try to do that with the Alice introduction but like I don't have any sense of who Jill Valentine is other yeah. than like generic fighting lady and like even if you did see the second movie but it's been a while 10 like, years like between I yeah. always had I think I did see this one before because I remember thinking like who is she again because her hair color is different and yes. like why change your hair color why yeah, if you're gonna bring a character back and they're going to be i don't know it's you know does the hair color signify something why couldn't she just have kept the same hair color it's not like when she went evil she got a dye job and if we're not reminded that she's evil there's that giant red beacon on her chest <laughs> that is being exposed i suspect that that has some sort of technology that holds your boobs up so that you don't have to wear a bra <laughs> under that like latex jumpsuit so what you're saying is that it has multi it's multi-purpose multi-purpose yeah it's function over form, form well both it's form and function form and function yes i mean because who doesn't love boobs and mind control those are two great things <laughs> yeah maybe men should have invented that instead of high heels right i guess okay. so Whew. i think there's a very weird thing that this movie does the opening credits are shot in reverse where we see like this chaotic scene on a boat which i think is how maybe the last movie ends or yeah, something it is so when they say like that, that this one yeah. doesn't have any flashbacks that's not true the, the opening is literally a, a f- backwards flashback it's just like in reverse for some reason well it's just like the rocky thing right like all of the rocky movies start where the previous one left off because that's just what they do but exactly they shoot this whole thing in reverse and then alice does her intro and then like we just see the the scene play out in regular like in forward and just like wait we just saw this like why like normally i I hate that kind of thing where it's like at the end of the movie like you spoil the end but it's like this is even worse like this is even weirder like why would you do this just because we talk about it all the time i was like i was thinking about you as i was watching it because you know we talk about it a lot like the when you see the end of the movie first and then it's like this is how we got here and you really don't like that i was gonna ask you if you'd like the forward and then reverse better or worse but you seem to not enjoy either it's just confusing i'm like why are we seeing this now because it's not it's nothing new it's the same thing but we don't see that at the end of the other one it starts like a little bit past the end of the other one yeah and then they show it in reverse to get back to right where the other one ended and then play it forward again i think a big part of this or maybe not a big part of it but definitely part of it is that this movie is 95 or 96 minutes with like 9 or 10 or 11 minutes in credits and Which I love. I think you need, they, they're like, we need to pad this out. Like, it needs to be over 80 before the credits. And like, how do we do this? Like, oh, we can do the same three-minute sequence backwards and forwards. Like, that'll work. Which is a problem we don't often get. We, we you know, like I was saying, this was this is why it was so breezy to blow through five Resident Evil movies this week. Because, like, essentially they were like three Fast and the Furious movies, right? <laughs> I mean, like, that's, we're the, going that's like the key, yeah. Six, seven, and eight style. 
Like, those are, like, three-hour movies. So, like, when I was, like, blowing through these, I was like, oh, damn, it's over already? Like, cool, play the next one. Let it go. I was very excited that there is the guy, like, the basically who, like, looks like the main Russian guy, just one of the clones. You do not know yet, Joe, but will show up, I think, in season four of Lost, playing Kimi. And, like, I don't know who the actor's president name. guy? Like, no, at the he's, like, he's the guy that, like, that... had the red vest on? He was the guy with the, like, cigar, cigarello thing. Yeah, he's, like, leading the other battalion that, like, Alice goes to rescue toward the end. The extraction team. Yeah, and he had the red vest on. That was like a red vest and like has a cigar and it's the like the one yeah. that shoots, but he has a cigar in his mouth. That one. Yeah, that guy. Okay, mm-hmm. that was the guy that I was talking about that was in this movie that Rachel said his name. I didn't know who it was, and then when I saw him, I was like, oh, this guy's in it because he's from the Strain, which yes, is yes, a very he, similar. He's present. the exterminator on the Strain. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's like a very similar premise, and I was like, oh, is he just like the zombie killer now? Like this is what this guy is. But like I but, first saw him in Lost as Kimi. And like he just ah. shows up, and so every time I see him somewhere, I just think of him as Kimi, even though I've seen him in many things since then. He's yeah, just same. always going to be Kimi to me. That makes sense. Cause, and I saw him as the guy from The Strain because that's the first thing that I saw him yep. in. So, yes, perfect. We have another example of Alice waking up under a paper sheet. Uh, again, just, just pretty much every movie. Yep. Except like one of them, she was like very naked in. Which one was that one? Like in either two or three, she's like naked a lot of the time in that one. And, like, fully naked, because she's, like, in, like, a tube when she sees the clones, and then, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, naked ones on the ground somewhere, and then she, like, wakes up naked, and I was like, holy shit, because we were talking about, like, the, you know, you can wear, like, the smock to not be naked, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, the, like one of the next movies, she's just, like, naked four times in it, and I was like, hmm. whoa, what a change of heart you had there. I think it might be three. Yeah, it might be three. Because that's right. the one where they're, like, just tossing dead Alice's in a pit. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think so. We actually, like, see a brief glimpse of that in this movie, and sh- she is wearing the red dress. In the bodies, yeah, in the body yeah. things. Yeah, you're right. But I think there was, like, a bunch, like, that were, like, on the ground somewhere dead. I think we need to talk about the biggest fast next to them all, that we Same. have the ice submarine in this movie. Which movie came out first? This one had to have, right? Mm-hmm. I had lots of questions about which one. This is, like, 2017, I think. And when did Fate come out? 2018? 2019? This movie is 2012. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, because the final chapter came out in 2017. Final chapter, I think, was okay. 2016. This is 2012. This comes out a year after Fast Five, so this predates 6, 7, oh, and Fate. Do you think, like, the Resident Evil people are, like, super pissed that Fast and the Furious did, like, a whole ice submarine sequence? Well, I just feel like the remnants of the Soviet Union in an action movie is a okay. pretty common trope. Like, re- like, when we watched that Fast and the Furious one, remember how I was like, this feels like James Bond to me. Like, I just, I don't know. Anytime it's, like, Russia, old decommissioned Soviet shit. Like, I feel yep. like I've just seen that Fair. in a movie a, a billion times. And, like, of course, it's going to be snow and ice because, like, it's Russia. Because, like, we yeah. even have the Kremlin in Six and Hobbs and Shaw, I think, or at least Russia, right? So, like, it's, again, yep. they're they're dipping into this just because Russia archetypally is, has, it comes preloaded with, like, feelings and stuff, right? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, when they were, like, driving on the ice, I was like, where's Dom's ice charger? Ha ha ha. Like, like kidding around, right? And then, like, all of a sudden, like, the ice submarine popped out. I was like, motherfucking ice submarine. But like, what, are you kidding but me? But what Fate does not have, and this is apparently Mila Jovovich's idea, is all those zombies underwater. When she, like, shoots rain into the water and just falls down, Mila, the actress, had the idea to, like, oh, let's add some zombies under the water. Like, when Roman is in the water, he's not being attacked by zombies. Uh, that's just exactly. poor, you know, poor evil rain gets brought down and gets eaten and consumed by these zombies. So, yeah. I had, like, physiological questions about zombie hypothermia. Even at zombie regenerative pacing, 
the zombies have gotten more aggressive in these movies. Like, they start out, like, slow, kind of, like, walker types, and then they become, like, you know, crazy demogorgons later on. In ice-cold water, underwater, don't you think they would be a little bit slower? But they seem, like, so aggressive still. I think that's a that's a fair point, but the, the guys that we see, like, at least the ones who are, like, up grabbing her are a specific type of zombie that we see in the third movie, I want to say. The ones mm. in Vegas that are like oh. super duper fast. So I yeah, yeah, think yeah, yeah. because of their accelerated speed, even slowed down by ice cold water, they would still be moving quite vigorously. There is something that sound in right? this world called like Las Plagas or something, which I guess is like which I think is from is maybe what Vegas became, but it's also like the type. It's what Rain injects into herself at yes. the end. So we have blue yeah. for the virus, green for the antivirus, and scorpion for the plague. I guess where she like injects well, so herself. Well, so this to, like, one's actually a parasite, which is different than a virus. Also, I was calling it the scorpion, but yes, okay. <laughs> it's a gigantic parasite, like monstrously big, but yes. Wait, is it a thing that exists in real life? No. I mean, parasites exist. Oh, you mean the thing in the thing. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, like, the, it's the like one a that you giant... see in the vial that she injects into herself. Right, yeah. A very large parasite. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. that side. Like, that thing's not going to climb inside you, right? But I don't know. I was just like glancing through the IMDb trivia before we recorded and i guess this is something that was in- introduced in one of the video games but it like comes completely out of nowhere <laughs> in this movie to where i was like what the fuck is this now that we're doing what you know like i thought but, i had missed something when she like injects herself but isn't that like part of the thing that happens at the end of the first one or into the second one where like you see it like climbing through the guy's skin like don't they give him that to make the like oh, weird maybe. supers like the super guy yeah maybe that's like the one upside for me in not having rewatched two three or four it's like oh all these things that are doing like it's all just insane it's insanity that either I don't know from a game or I don't know from a movie. So I'm just like, yeah, this feels normal. Like, I just, I don't question it because I, there's so much that I haven't seen. So when I did see the same thing that you saw, Kara, that is from a video game. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, that's just a thing that happens now. Like, I knew that in the opening, they talk about they how she it. was injected. Alice was injected and became like, got superpowers. So I'm like, maybe that's just a thing that happens now. Yeah, it kind of is. You're still right. The, like, fighting style. So, like, Letty punches a dude so hard at the end that his heart stops, and we see, like, the ribs break. Yes. That is lifted. That's an homage to the more recent Mortal Kombat video games, where they have, like, X-ray moves, where Mm -hmm. it just does, like, a third of your damage. They build up the thing and then do it. Like, it looks exactly like that. But I just like that Letty punched a dude so hard that his heart stopped and he died. And he does it again, or she does it again to Alice, but, like, Alice doesn't die. No, she's just fine. Like, her heart just slowed down. It didn't actually yeah, stop. She like, she, like, exhaled and, like, sat down for a second. But she's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and then the other chick, to- then Joe Valentine tosses her a gun. Like, you shoot her. It's like, well, you're fine. She, her heart's not even beating. I was wondering why we never see broken bones or the x-ray bone breaks in Fast and the Furious. Because I think it would be, like, a nice thing to see. And I really think we only see a broken bone when, like, the, like when Hobbs breaks his arm and, like, snaps, flexes out of the cast. I think it's because it's PG-13 versus R. This movie is rated R? Oh, yeah. Oh, All see, these I never pay attention to ratings, and you're right. I, I, like, I don't even think about them. Like, just because, like, the way life exists for me now, you know, you have all this streaming stuff, and, like, it doesn't tell you the rating when you're watching it. So, like, I totally even forget that there are ratings. Yeah, but ratings are nonsensical anyway, so sure. I, don't, I, I don't even know why I'm gonna bother asking this question. But, like, are the consequences of violence worse for children 
to see than just the violence itself. Like, <laughs> that's a you know what I mean? Like, yes. Well, what I do you agree. mean injuries make it a rated R movie? That's insane. Yeah, because like you know, in the MCU, we could just blow up an entire city, and like that's fine. Well, it's right. Like, it's the insanity of like you can shoot people in the head on like Marvel's Agents of Shield on at nine o'clock on ABC, but if you show blood, then it's it's TVMA, and you can't do it, right? Like it's the same if there's no blood <sighs> versus blood. Like I think the rule of thumb just broadly at least in this regard it's like if there's a zombie movie like most are just rated r because i think the idea like it's just the terror and the violence inherent in that trope is more geared toward r than pg-13 but i agree it's dumb it's dumb it's undeniably dumb yeah i don't understand rating systems at all and like i'm glad that like i don't have to deal with this and i'm glad that like like, this is something i haven't thought about in years so yeah fuck that oh we just have such a strange and broken relationship with violence in this country <laughs> that's so true i don't get it and like you only get one fuck but like you can't like broadcast is different but like on cable you can show or say or do whatever you want people just don't for advertising sake so like i think we just need to like rein certain things in maybe not making no pun on Letty's name in this movie we need to do like reverse like reverse boycotting South Park said shit on TV a hundred times. Like, who was advertising during that? And be like, thank you. That's what I wanted, guys. Keep up the good work. And just, like, do some proud moments for those people. Well, I think, I mean, FX did that. FX has changed that. Like, they, I remember the first episode of Louie. They pitched to FX why you had to say, would you, I, I know that you would fuck a fat girl, but would you date one? Like, it was like, basically, like, you can't say, like, the point of the scene. My face right now. You have no idea what face I'm making right now. I'm, I can imagine. Separating him from it, like, that show broke boundaries in terms of, like, allowing certain things on FX, and now FX just, like, whatever language you want to say, they just say it. it they, it's changed the culture. Like, now they have different advertisers, so. That's I'm, awesome. It was important in, like, cha- shifting the conversation, shifting the culture, to get back to the mm-hmm. whole broader thing about how the MPAA and everything is just dumb, Sucks. so. Thanks a lot, Tipper Gore. <laughs> she invented parental advisory stickers on CDs. And... Any other thoughts about Resident Evil Retribution? We have two Letty deaths. She dies from slash wounds from a monster, and then she dies to ice zombies. But So kind of two unceremonious deaths here. But anything else about this movie before some trivia and some games? I feel like there's a lot less to say about this one than the first one. One, they describe Letty like, when she like find, like meets back up with her, and she's like sitting outside the house like ready to just like blow up the house because she's there. She's like, you're all heart. And I was like, ooh, I like that. You know, like, that was a little, like, Fast and Furious Letty moment. And then, like, how, <laughs> like, the stereotype that Russians are rich and tacky is very interesting <laughs> to me. That she finds, like, a Rolls Royce Phantom with spinners. And they're like, where'd you find this at? She's like, it is Russia. And they're like, ha ha ha. And they all kind of chuckle about it. And I was like, how do we get away with that one? Like, that's kind of interesting. But, like, it's pretty funny. And the last thing, fast, like a fast connection that I had, is that you see it kind of in the beginning of this one, and you also see it at like the end of, f- or no, four starts there too. But like you get a shot of Shibuya Crossing where Sean drifts through the mm. middle of Shibuya Crossing, and you and like in four they kind of do like a zoom out like helicopter view, and you can see the soccer field too, like Twinkie Soccer Field in that one. Kara, do you have any other thoughts or notes about this movie or the franchise as a whole? Like we're not going to do any more. Resident Evil movies. As far as I know, Michelle Rodriguez is in no others of them. But any other thoughts about this movie or the series? I love that Alice's new daughter is deaf. That's really cool. Like, 
That is she cool. just didn't have to be. She wasn't going to be originally, and the actress auditioned, and they were like, "Okay, like, what if we just made the little girl?" So the actress was there. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's, which that's is like really a huge cool. problem in movies where like yeah. you'll have disabled characters always, almost always played by able-bodied people. So it's yep. it's cool not just to see the representation, but the fact that it, it's authentic. And, and, and not just the fact that she's deaf, but that she actually uses sign language because in hearing people in, throughout history have tried to eradicate sign language, which has Ooh. been really extremely harmful for the deaf deaf community how Um, what do you mean i don't know the story can you give me like a little backgrounder it's a long and dark history so um i i wish that i could be more thorough about it but basically deaf children were often taken out of their homes and sent to schools where they would be physically punished for communicating with each other in sign language so they were trying to teach the kids to read lips and speak quote-unquote normally so that they could assimilate into society but robbing people of language is extremely harmful (laughs) yeah (laughs) deeply deeply harmful deeply abusive and Deaf culture is incredible. It's it's rich. ASL is its own language. It's not just yep. a dialect of English. It's its own thing. So when you take that away from people, just as you know, colonizers have taken it away from indigenous people around the world. Like this is a real crime against humanity. So um, anytime I see authentically deaf people or hard of hearing people using sign language on screen, it just always feels like such a win because like. How often do you see that in something that isn't a projection of the miracle worker? You know what I mean? Yeah. The only other thing I want to say about this movie is that apparently the idea of clones might have come from a Michelle Rodriguez offhanded statement maybe in the commentary for the first movie. She talks about how it would be cool to bring Colin Salmon back as a clone. And so maybe they were introduced into the franchise because of Michelle Rodriguez. I think it's very... uh, very mm, fitting. That is interesting. There's not a ton. I mean, there's a lot of trivia about this, but a lot of it is stemming from the video game and stuff like that. So it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Do you want to watch the trailer? Yeah. Send it. Send it. Send it. Send it. I did it. before. This one was very clearly made for a 3D theater experience. With oh yeah. Like the the axes coming at you and stuff like that to the point where Rachel was like, "Oh, this one must have been in 3D." Like as we were watching it, I was like, "Oh, I forgot." Yeah. Which is fitting right. because the YouTube link for from Sony Pictures Entertainment is called Resident Evil Retribution 3D Official Trailer in Theaters 914. So Yes. Yeah. Day before Maria's birthday. That's cool. Very cool. Whenever you're ready, give me a countdown, bud. Kara, are you ready? Yep. Cool. All right. Three, two, one, play. Let's see what we got here. Oh, suburbia. <laughs> What a fake out. I was really thinking we were going to do like another timeline or something. That's what we thought when it first started, Rachel, and I thought it was a different timeline. Perfect fan. I mean, it is. They wanted to of. shoot this, I think, back to back with the final chapter, and then that didn't work logistically, but it, it kind of does feel like, in a way, the beginning of the end, sort of. So I think another timeline could have been an interesting way. Yeah. I like that she's still like an agent. Like she has like all of her skills immediately again, though. That's pretty cool. Well, because it's inherent in her DNA, right? Yeah. Because she's a clone, so she. And apparently, so is sign language, because the fetish doll Alice is starts signing immediately, and like. Yes, I know. I was gonna wonder if she knew sign language or not. But yes, she does. There you go. There's your get up. Oh, we do get the laser grid again in this. I think Carrie, you're saying that's in it's in every movie or whatever, a lot of the movies, but. Yeah, I 
it's, I think it's kind of like a flashback to the first one, but Laser Grid is back, the Waffle Grid. Yeah, it kind of forces her out of it in this one. We've taken over New York, Moscow. And also, we did not mention that I like the emergence of Evil Rain just sitting on a swing set with the big rifle in her arms. True. I'm gonna kill you. Good luck. You'll need it. You'll need it. Uh oh. See, then we have like this is a better CGI version of the one from the first one. Uh huh. Umbrella's more powerful than ever. Do they all feel like remixes of the first one, or not really? Because this kind of felt like a remix no. of the first one. No. No, some of them feel like they're Stop their it. own thing, for sure. What do you think, Kara? They feel different? I mean, they all are, to a certain extent, remixes of the first one. But I think some of them feel more like that than others. Yeah. I do like her short hair in this one, like just the bob. She has a bob in the one before this too. I think I think you like the practicality of it, right? Like yeah. Well, I mean, true practicality would be slightly longer, so she could put it back. But I'll let this slide. Okay. In three D. September twenty twelve. Cool. I can't believe that was 2012. That's a lot further back than I thought it came out. Well, if you think, I mean, it's the fifth one in the franchise. The first one came out in 02, so every two, three years. It tracks, sort of, right? I mean, that's kind of, you know, the fifth Fast and Furious came out in 2011, the year before, so kind of on the same-ish yeah, pace. Just, but, I mean, we, we hit the gnaws on them, right? Because we're getting Fast and Furious is like, every two years with the other one in between, so it's going to be, like, every year, every year, but that's, like, a Marvel adaptation. Because until Hobbs and Shaw, it was still, it was... Three years, three years, two years, two years, two years, two years, two years. <laughs> Would have been two years. Yeah, so it's a lot, but it's not crazy, I don't think. Makes sense. Yeah. Ooh. The letterbox game. So for reference sake, once again, Mad Max Fury Road, the most logged movie, or one of the most logged movies, one of the most logged movies on Letterboxd has been seen by 630,000 people. 630,000. 630. Resident Evil Retribution from 2012, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Mila Jovovich, Sienna Guillory, who is Jill Valentine, Michelle Rodriguez, and Ariana Engineer, the daughter, has been seen by how many people? Joe? A <sighs> little bit newer. Like, pretty, pretty newish. Would you like to be told, reminded, of how many the first one was seen by, or no? No, it was like... It was like thirty to forty thousand, maybe in the low forties, if I remember. Don't tell me if I'm right or not. That was my guess. Let's see. This one kind of newer, but it's the fifth one. I'm gonna go twenty-eight thousand. Kara, I feel like the first one was seen by way more people than that. You are right. right. The first one was seen okay. by one hundred and seven thousand. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Okay. I'm gonna go forty-two. So Joe, you said twenty-eight. Kara said forty-two. You're both too low. Right. Even more. Okay. 75. Yeah, my th my first thought was like 80. Now you're both too high. Bring it down one more time. Somewhere in between. 56,000. 67. 52,951. 52,951. So about half. That's I think, unless I'm wrong, let me see if this is right, but I think this might be the second most logged. So Apocalypse, which came out in 2004, has been seen by oh, 63, so that's a little bit higher. Extinction has been seen by like they 60. Taper. Yeah, they taper, right? Because it's like always like the first one in the franchise, and then like... Unless I feel like, like that second one is on TV like all the time. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. I feel like they all are. I feel, yeah, like the one and two, I think, are on TV a lot. So out of those 53,000 people, how many have this in their top four favorite movies of all time? Mm, I'm going to go like 25. That's a ton of people, but I'm still going to go like it's a low number. Yeah, I'm going to go with 12. You're both too low. Go higher. Wow. 67, and that's a high guess for me. Mm, 42. You're both too high, following the same pattern God from the first it. time. Bring it down somewhere in <laughs> between. One more guess. 35. 27. Joe, right on with the third guess. 35 people have this wow. in their top four favorite movies of all time. Ooh, this one, we might be able to do this that's, one. Hold on. This is it feels too high. People. It feels too high to have that many people. Have yeah. That's what I'm saying, four. right? I, I don't want to police anyone's choices, but that's that's bad. You should watch more movies. If this yeah. is one of your favorite ones of all time. You get four choices, like on a desert island, and like Retribution's it. Like, whew. there are better Resident Evil movies. That's what, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Even from the same franchise, and it's not like this is a new. Mo- so we see we, sometimes this is skewed with like um, newer movies, right? Like if a movie like just came out that year, people will put it in their top four. But this is like now almost a 10-year-old movie. So, like, you must really love this movie. Pick a number one, two, or three. There's three people that I could possibly go with. That doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Did I do this right? Hang on. There's one person who... Oh, my God. I think I think this, is again, is kind of the weirdness inherent in Letterboxd. I think one of these people who had in their top four only gave it a... Yeah, there's one person that's in their top four, and she gave it three and a half stars. So we're going to skip that's her. An interesting choice. Very interesting choice. Okay. Because I was because her review says so extravagant, repetitive, and dare I say, visually inventive, that it unexpectedly becomes somewhat of a genuine and fascinating movie. That she says there are still a lot of things holding it back for being great, though. And I was like, okay, but you put it in your top four favorite movies, and it's not like one of those people on Letterboxd who are like my four favorite, my four like the last four that I liked or whatever. It's just like no, it's just in there. So I don't know. What's going Maybe on now? Or skipping holds over a special place in her heart. Yeah. Who knows? All right, we're gonna go with do 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 do. I didn't... okay, Kara, pick a number one or two. Two. We're gonna go with Trace Savio from San Antonio, Texas, who has this so. in his top four. It's his second favorite movie of all time. His review says, "Or actually, no, this is okay." He 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 reviews it twice. <laughs> first one is a four-star review. He says, or okay. reconciling the abstraction of artifice and simulation with what we consider to be real and how they're Ooh. so often one and the same. Okay. Ooh. He says, P.S. Anyone that says they want better action in contemporary mainstream cinema has no reason not to like these movies. Anderson Ooh. not only creates electric, vivid action sequences, he specifically makes them as visually cohesive as possible Ooh. to ensure you can see everything happening in them four stars then two years later just this summer just one week ago trace said hmm what to say except that this movie kicks a whole bunch of ass dot 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 five stars so okay Glad he wow. reined it in and he was very flowery with the first one and then yeah much less to say about the second one but he liked it more so five stars okay his second favorite okay. movie of all time is resident evil retribution oh his favorites are the most recent five star watches or rewatches so it's in there but these are four movies that he loves okay okay his third favorite movie joe is a movie that we have covered this lap and that on last episode was an, a movie that justin kleinan wrote in about vaguely mm. but wrote in about Kara, I, this isn't this is necessarily not a clue for you but a movie about memory loss it's not a michelle rodriguez movie but a movie about memory loss 
Um, Total Recall. Yes. Nice. Resident Evil number two, Total Recall number three. Number four is what many people consider to be the scariest horror movie of all time. The Blair Witch Project. No. Much older. Do I get to guess? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You always get to guess. Oh, okay. The Exorcist. Correct. Number four is The Exorcist. There you go. And then number one is a movie, (laughs) I think, written and directed by... Let me make sure if this is right or not. Hold on. Directed by and written by... Yep. Written and directed by a guy who just wrote and directed another movie that just came out and is getting... uh, It's uh, it's a movie that I've been very much looking forward to and I talked about. So again, this is kind of a hint for Joe. Tenant? No. This is not the new movie. This is an older movie. But the guy who wrote and directed this movie from about a decade ago, which was covered by the Hoff Bros over on PS I Love Hoffman, because he is the star of this movie. But the Mm. guy who wrote and directed this movie wrote and directed a new movie that just came out this weekend... Oh, I know. Go for it. What's the movie that came out this weekend, Kara? God, what's it called? It has a long title. Is it the, I'm thinking is it the of Charlie ending Kaufman things. one? Yep. Yeah. But what's this movie in his top four? Because you have the right person. You have the right movie that I was referencing. But what's his oh, favorite movie? Adaptation. Here? Nope. Different one. Oh. Uh, Eternal Sunshine? He had something to do with that, right? He wrote right? that. But yeah, but Spike yeah. Jones, I think, directed that. But no, this is this might have been his director. No, that was Michelle Gondry. Oh, Michelle Gondry, um, yes. It is a movie starring Philip Seymour Hoffman where he's staging a production in it. Oh, Synecdoche, New York. You got it. Synecdoche, New York, uh... Resident Evil, Retribution, Total Recall, and The Exorcist. Again, not his four favorite wow. movies, but four movies he's loved, but that's a pretty wide swath. Yeah, that's a really interesting list. Shout out Trace yeah, Sadur. Definitely a broad brush there. I like it. Usually they're like pretty on board, right? Like... We get a lot of them that are like, okay, I like movies with Zeph in them. <laughs> and it's like, these four. <laughs> yep. But like, that was a good one. I like that. Yeah. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining us. But before we say goodbye to you, I want to look ahead to next week for our next two movies, Joe. Yes. On Tuesday, we have what we all know is coming. The next installment in the Fast and Furious franchise, we have Fast and Furious 6 with Nico and Kevo. Yes. But without the extra credit scene. Do not watch the extra credit scene. I warned them. Them. Even though, Kara, we were trying to achieve what we tried to get with you, which was the purity of not knowing what happens to Han, but they already know about it. Like, I don't think they know the how, but they know the what. And so, you know. But also, when we did it with you, it was before the Nine trailer came out. So Mm -hmm. Han is back Mm -hmm. now. So you killed him and unkilled him and then killed him again and unkilled him. (laughs) So we don't even know. So even if they do know that Han died, they haven't seen the Nine trailer, hopefully. And then he's coming back again. Well, no, uh, but Nico has said that he knows that he comes back. Well, he said he knows that he comes back in the sense that like he like he goes away and comes back, and I think that he means like I don't think I don't, I don't think know. it's gonna be a surprise he's back, know. but we'll find out when we get to there. But Tuesday is yeah. Fast and Furious. 6. I think there's enough mix up now. I don't know, maybe, okay. maybe. But Friday we are doing the Catherine Bigelow film Strange Days. Now, Kara, I know you love Catherine Bigelow. Have you seen that movie? Ooh, I haven't because I it wasn't streaming anywhere. Is it streaming somewhere now? I stars. No, just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they're all, oh. all of our movie. Every movie that we cover is on stars somehow. Just like only stars, always. Showtime. Let me find out. Stars and Showtime. I think that's the only Catherine Bigelow movie that I haven't seen, other than her like recent documentary work. I thought you were going to say Catherine Zeta-Jones week and we were going to do Entrapment because of the lasers, <laughs> but apparently not. Not hey, everyone can get what they add want Add it to the, the list. Channel. I don't know that it's streaming anywhere. I do own the DVD, which is also maybe now out of print. This might be a tough one to find, but we're doing Strange Days on Friday. I don't think it's It was anywhere. when I was trying to. Yeah. 
But anyway, next week, Fast and Furious 6 and then Strange Days. So one very easy to find, one maybe harder to find. But if you want to watch along, Fast and Furious 6 and then Strange Days. But Kara, thank you so much for joining joining. us for Resident Evil, both Resident Evil movies. Is there anything that you want to plug aside from just telling people to wear a damn mask and get a damn flu shot? No, just get your goddamn flu shots, you know? I will. Stop being an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That's impossible. I know. Easier said than done, but I appreciate the sentiment. And thank you for joining us once again. You'll be back at some point. Who knows when? For F9, probably. For sure. I have a vision that we're going to do like F9 like eight times in a row so that everybody (laughs) can do like, so Joe and I can do ours. Then Mike can do his. Then you can do yours. Then Nico and Kevo can do theirs. And that, yeah, I just like, we have so many people who like are going to have done a full lap with us by that point, whenever, however it comes out in April, that I want to make sure that everybody gets their shake. So if nothing else, you'll be on sometime around April-ish to talk about F9. But thank you for joining us for these last two episodes. Sort of surprise guest, but sort of not surprise guest. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing Resident Evil with us. We enjoyed all five of them. Oh, I'm so glad. It was a fun weekend, for sure. I wish that we could have had time to talk about the Mad Max, the third one. Third one was good, yeah. I enjoyed it. The Mad Max vibes were real. I really liked it. Go listen to Kara and Mike have a conversation about that on Third Time to Charm, and me mostly just sit there because I don't know what to say about it because I watched it wrong, kind of, because I didn't watch the first two again. But yeah, that's living there well, on Third Time. It's like third the times. birds meet Mad Max for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just... And Ashanti is there. <laughs> and Asha- yeah, you're right. And Ashanti is there. I totally already forgot that she was in one of those. We'll do the car version of Resident Evil eventually <laughs> in modern car movies, and you can come back for that. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. Come back next week for Fast and Furious 6 and Strange Days. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Kara Gail Regan, and we'll tell you all about it. Let me see.